they would do a donut delivery on Fridays and everyone in the whole office would be like, oh, the donuts are coming. They've entered the building. And people would be like monitoring when, because so, they wanted to run to the break room and get the best donuts. <laughs> I was like, just saw this flash forward of like, that's what everyone was so excited about. And I was like, there's got to be something more out there. And that's when I was like, I need to be a ski bum. I need to move to the mountains for a year. So. <laughs> Hi, friends. That was pro skier Ingrid Backstrom. I'm Lindsay Dyer, and this is the Showing Up podcast, a conversation athlete to athlete with those so-called unicorns who have done the impossible in order to inspire the unicorn in all of us. In Ingrid's case, that unicorn skill has been figuring out how to get paid to ski for the last decade plus as one of the most decorated action sports athletes of our time. I had so much fun talking to Ingrid about what led up to her breakout performance that we all remember in Yearbook 2004 from Matchstick. We'll also talk about what it was like to lose her brother Arnie to a skiing accident in 2010 at 29 years old, and how her life has shifted since becoming a new mom in March of 2016. Even Ingrid herself didn't know the impact that her skiing had on my career, and you'll just have to listen. Hope you enjoy the show as much as I did creating it. Okay, we're going. It's Ingrid. It's Ingrid Backstrom. I ran into her yesterday. Here we are. Hi, Lindsay. It was so good to see you. You too. (laughs) How's the last year been? Things have changed a lot. Yes, things have changed a lot. It's been crazy though, but crazy good in a way where your life goes from really nice and happy to just really amplified and kind of everything's for lack of a better word not on steroids but just like everything's more intense and deepened and uh what do you mean by everything well I had a baby over a year ago and um so that just brought a whole new depth how old is she now she is almost a year and a half Yeah. yeah So it's a new focus. Just so everyone knows, Ingrid looks amazing. Not that we care <laughs> how she looks, but wow, when I saw you yesterday, I was like, oh my God, she's more beautiful than ever. Wow. Well, that's really nice of you to say. Thank you so much. I feel the same way every time I see you. Well, but I haven't had a baby yet, right? So all of us <laughs> think, I know, I I have to admit, like part of me feels like your life is done in some ways or your body's done or as an athlete, as a female athlete. definitely there's a ton of like fear and uncertainty surrounding that and not just like my body but just mainly all the stuff that I want to do and I love to do it's like scary to have a kid because you're afraid nothing's ever going to be the same I'm not going to ski maybe I won't even like skiing maybe I won't have time to do it right Um, but that's not the case at all I was still myself after having a baby and I still loved to do all the things I love to do before and maybe even more if Mm. that makes sense because then I got to go home and see my baby and so it was like I got to go on this amazing day skiing and then come home and hang out with my baby so it was like double the amazement and I didn't take that time for granted anymore that ski time or that recreation time out in the mountains it was like I'm enjoying every second of it Mm -hmm. because there's something else that I want to be doing equally as much Mm. so it's like I love a powder day just as much, if not more, than before. But I also would be equally happy hanging at home and <laughs> doing something totally silly with my kid. And so it's not like a trade-off. It's just there's two amazing things that I get to choose between. 
Wow. And and you get to choose. So like, how does it work with your husband? And then I want to hear about getting <laughs> married too. Oh. Well, my husband's amazing. He's a great dad. He loves being with Betty and he's really supportive of me. Um, he knew when he signed up, when we got together that this was my life. Okay. I got to hear that story too. <laughs> okay. So we met in Alaska. He was my heli ski guide and which operation at points North. Okay. And I was up there for a vocal trip and Jessica at points North is one of my really good friends. And so she put him as my guide, thought we'd have a fun time. And where is he from originally? He's from Wisconsin, oh, but wow. he's been in the West for a long time. He went to school in Oregon and been all over the place. He must be really smart because Ingrid's one of the smartest people <laughs> I know. He's super smart. I can't hang with him. But yeah, he's hilarious. He's done all sorts of crazy stuff. Like he lived on an island in Florida for a while. He's like lived on a sailboat in Bellingham for a while. He sailed a Hobie cat down the coast of Mexico for 30 days. He likes water. He does. Yeah. But he also likes skiing. He also likes mountain biking. And anyways, so we met in Alaska. He was cool. But what made him really cool? Like you've met a lot of cool mountain people. He just was really fun and happy and always looking to elevate everyone's experience and have a good time and it just came natural it wasn't like he was trying that's just his nature Mm -hmm. and I just felt really comfortable around him but he asked for my phone number and I just wasn't there yet and I was like nope you can't have my phone number (laughs) he's like what well can I have your address I was like yeah whatever you can have my address sure write me a letter (laughs) and he totally wrote me a letter but I didn't it got stuck in someone else's mailbox and I didn't get it for a couple of months I was like that guy in Alaska was totally full of (laughs) BS (laughs) but then I got his letter and uh, it was a really sweet nice letter and I wrote him back and put my phone number in it and he called and we started kind of dating long distance and then it was just easy to move back to Washington because I was living in Tahoe at the time and I grew up in Washington Mm -hmm. and it just started visiting him in Leavenworth and it's a really great place. And also more than anything, it's like when you see someone that's in their place, that's so comfortable, that was like his place. Mm-hmm. And so it was really fun to see him there. And the more I've been living there, the more it's grown to be my place too. Awesome. So let's, let's go back. Okay. The message of this podcast is about how you got here. And okay. I think uh, you probably get the emails all the time. Like, how did you become a pro skier? Okay. When I get those, I'm like, I don't know, (laughs) right? (laughs) But, uh, but I think everyone would love to hear like your background and story. So like walk me through the pivotal points of how you became, you know, how you got here. Yeah. Well, I grew up skiing, but I wasn't particularly great at it. My parents were on the ski patrol at Crystal and we'd go up every single weekend and park in the parking lot in a converted old like big bus basically and stay there and we'd sleep um, in the bus we'd sleep in it was like an old basically like if you imagine a ups truck from the 50s that's wow. what we stayed in anyways <laughs> was that scary on the way up sometimes yeah totally and it was super embarrassing like as like a 14 year old girl to have to drive through the neighborhood and that thing it was mm-hmm. so embarrassing i was like why can't i just stay with my friends and like go to this middle school dance on the weekends like why do we have to go skiing which now I'm like cringe when I say that but because it was such a gift and such a sacrifice that my parents made for us but there's I don't know it's something weird when it's not cool yeah you just want to be cool at that time I just wanted to be cool but luckily my parents knew what was really truly cool and they kept us going to the mountain every weekend and eventually I made some great friends there and started ski racing and got into that and even though I wasn't a good racer I guess I've always been competitive so I enjoyed like trying hard at something and the long days and I ended up 
racing in college at women college and then i had a couple friends on the team who were really into free skiing and they just every race we went to we'd be out right when the lifts open trying to ski powder we'd show up for the race race and then ski powder until the lifts closed and that was like i get to travel around in a van with these awesome people and ski every weekend i need more of this in my life so after college i moved to tahoe what did you study in college geology mainly because i wanted to go on the field trips and be outside and I just thought it was interesting. So did, you <laughs> didn't expect to go into that field? I went to a liberal arts college and they said, it doesn't matter what you major in, just major in what interests you. Then I graduated and immediately realized all jobs depend on what you majored in basically. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like a, a realization, I guess, but I was trying to be a ski bum for a year. I wasn't worried about getting a real job for a while. I had an internship at a geologic consulting company and that was kind of cool but it wasn't totally for me so I moved to Tahoe for the year and it was supposed to be just like a season (laughs) but I entered a free skiing contest with a friend and ended up doing really well and at that contest meeting all those people that were all like smart rad people but had chosen to do whatever it takes to pursue this different lifestyle to live in a mountain town and compete even though it's this total niche unrecognized sport but they all wanted to travel around together and it's like you found your tribe ski their hearts out yeah exactly mm-hmm. and so um what was the first time you ever hit a cliff do you uh, remember I don't remember hit- the first time I remember hitting a jump the first time and trying a backflip the very first time you hit anything you tried to do a backflip our coaches in racing would always try to get oh. us to go off jumps and I would always like snow plow into them I didn't want I would like try to get the least air possible and then all of a sudden there's a group of us I was probably trying to impress some guys <laughs> it's honestly how it started like people are doing backflips and the competitive thing and me came out and I was like well yeah I want to try that mm-hmm. how'd it go did you get oh, it around no totally land on my face crash oh but you got around at least to your face I mean I like got halfway upside down oh, yeah. and uncommit the halfway uncommit right. yep <laughs> yep I know about that yeah just seeing sky and that's it yeah <laughs> and then yeah landed on my face so it took me a while to try that again but then I didn't probably hit a cliff until I was honestly before that first free skiing contest I was like oh people hit cliffs at this I we better go practice mm-hmm. and a friend took us around to all her little practice cliffs at Squaw so it was girls that yes, kind of helped you yeah it was my friend Anya who she now lives back east but she was like let's do this free skiing contest and then another girl Jenna Funston who was competing at the time who took us around and showed us some cliffs wow yeah so even back then it was it was women that you trained with or played with in some in some capacity. I mean, I skied with a lot of guys, but it seemed like when they would do something, I didn't relate to it. It wasn't like, oh, I need to do that too. But then when I saw women do it, and especially in a contest environment, that was really good for learning. And oh, wow, they're doing that. Okay, mm-hmm. I all right. That's I need, where the bar I can is. Step it up. Yeah, this is cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'm sure you've had similar experiences. Yeah, totally. It's a different energy from the guys. It's like you said. It's it can be. Well, I want to prove something or impress someone. And for girls, it's like, oh my God, if she did that, then like I could do that. Yeah. And you just get excited. It's cool. And there's a lot of respect. Totally. It's more like a positive up- uplifting of like, this is what's possible mm-hmm. for me. It's mm-hmm. like something, not like a bad comparison, but when you get around a good group, it's like a good comparison. Like, okay, 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's exactly why I wanted to make the movie was to, you know, to show pictures of more girls doing that so that young girls could be like, oh, well, they're doing that easily so I can do better. Right. And um, you've always been really excellent at doing that and showing I'm that. Trying. That's I'm trying. cool. Growing up, like who did you look up to um, in general, not necessarily athletes, but who did you, what did you want to be like either academically or athletically? I don't know. That's a really good question. I mean, I always... For some reason, I got into surfing in high school, and I was always like... In Washington? Yes. That's some cold water. Yeah, it was freezing, but I didn't know any different. That was like what I had, so that was surfing, and like I was terrible. Like a six mil wetsuit? 5'4". Whew. Yeah, with a hood. And Washington and Oregon are some <laughs> of the coldest waters I've ever surfed in. So I would look up to like Lisa Anderson and these pro surfers at the time, and I just thought what they were doing was really cool, and then wow. I kind of got it more into free skiing in college and started reading magazines and paying attention and that's when I noticed Jamie Burge mm-hmm. and Wendy Fisher and I was like whoa they can do that mm-hmm. oh my gosh I don't know if I even recognized that as a path for me at the time but it was like this light bulb or this like possibility or this like light tunnel somewhere in my mind kind of was like oh maybe that's a direction that I want to try to go yeah totally okay so you just moved to Tahoe mm-hmm. and then what well, then I was like super lonely. I didn't know anyone for a really long time. It was really hard, but I started making friends eventually and girls that got out and skied, you know, that was cool. Cause I met a lot of people and they're all really nice, but everyone went out and partied at night mm-hmm. and I was like, well, where are you guys during the day? Like, who can I ski with? Mm-hmm. But then I started making friends skiing and got more comfortable there. And then I did contests for probably three years. Were you interning at powder that whole time? No, oh. I interned at powder maybe the second summer. So that's funny. Do you remember, like, my story (laughs) comes with sitting in a cubicle for an internship Mm -hmm. in graphic design Mm -hmm. and recognizing, like, this typical path is not going to work for me, you know, and recognizing this is what life looks like. You're going to go to a job. You're going to work hard and maybe get paid well. But, yeah, I had this pivotal moment of, like, I can't do this. And, uh, And I thought back to when I was sitting in Warren Miller movies when I was little watching this whole community come together and get so excited around this thing called powder skiing. It was just the funnest thing I'd ever done. And I was like, that's what makes me happy. And I don't know how to find a way to succeed at that, but I have to because I'm, you know, 18 and I have to, cause I'm not going to survive in this. And that moment I literally was like, well, what do I do? I'm going to call powder magazine and ask what to do. I called and I didn't even know like the question. Right. But Eventually, they transferred me all around until I got to the intern. Right. And it was you. Seriously? Yeah. (laughs) And only because I recognized the voice later. But you were so sweet. I don't remember what I even asked. But it was like, how do I get into doing this? And you were so sweet and understanding. Like, in thinking back now, I would have been like, who is this, like, kid, idiot, like, calling us randomly? And you were like... Well, I would suggest you get into some competitions and see if you like it. it <laughs> you were so sweet. And I was like, okay. And uh, yeah, so you have no idea, but you influenced my whole beginnings. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, from that moment on, literally, it was like, I still remember looking out onto the perfectly manicured lawn at this great job in San Francisco and being on the phone with you. I know. <laughs> Um, and then right then all my training and everything 
it finally made sense and yeah i've had like a purpose what a cool moment that's yeah. awesome yeah i feel so yeah just from like following your heart you affected other people without even trying <laughs> that's funny i had the similar the powder internship was like i just felt stoked every day because the people i worked with were so nice and i got to call people like scott schmidt and wendy mm -hmm. fisher i was like oh my god i'm talking to scott schmidt right now and i'm an intern mm -hmm. and I got to like write stories and stuff that I cared about. So that was really fun. Mm -hmm. But the internship at the geology place, that was, I had the moment of, they would do a donut delivery on Fridays and everyone in the whole office would be like, oh, the donuts are coming. They've entered the building. And people would be like <laughs> monitoring when, cause, so, cause they wanted to run to the break room and get the best donuts. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is what it's going to be like. That's like the highlight of this the day. is the highlight of the week is the donuts are getting here. And like, I like donuts, but <laughs> I was like just saw this flash forward of like that's what everyone was so excited about and I was like yeah like you said there's got to be something more out there and that's when I was like I need to be a ski bum I need to move to the mountains for a year so like what makes you happy yeah very cool okay so tell me about what the you said three years of competition yeah I did three years of contest because I was just kind of like doing pretty well but I didn't really have specific goals I wasn't like asking anyone right. for sponsorship I wasn't like pursuing anything I was just doing the contest and then after a couple years that's when I was like okay this maybe this isn't going to go anywhere I need to get the internship I did that and then that fall is when I got a call from Matchstick and I guess so there's this contest the year before at Crested Butte I was supposed to go to Chamonix I'd saved up all this money, bought a ticket to Chamonix, and I was going to go there. And the night before I was supposed to leave, I went to look for my passport, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And we tore apart. My house, my boyfriend's house, like, could not find my passport. And then the next day was when they declared war. Whoa. We went to the airport, and we're like, we can't find my passport. I can't fly. And they're like, well, actually, it's okay because they declared war, so you, get, you can get a refund on your ticket. Whoa. And so my boyfriend left to go to Chamonix. I stayed at home and I was like, well, I totally messed up. I had this chance to go to Chamonix. I blew it. What am I going to do now? And I like didn't have any money saved. And my friend was like, well, I'm going to Crested Butte. I'll give you a ride. I was like, well, I don't even have money for the contest entry because it was all tied up in that ticket. I needed to wait to get the <laughs> refund for the ticket. And my friend was like, I'll loan you the money for the entry. Wow. I got so a ride. Good friends. Yeah, totally. I got a free ride to Crested Butte. I stayed on someone else's couch in their hotel room. <laughs> and I ended up winning the contest. And it was $6,000. Wow. That's a big purse. I know. I Do was they like, still have that? I don't have to money? work for a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the other thing at that contest was that Steve Winter and Murray from Matchstick were in the audience watching. Sure. Unbeknownst to me. And then the next fall, they called me and said, do you want to be in a Matchstick movie? Did you feel like that contest, you, you were so frustrated with the, the France thing that you just sent it? Like, because you just were angry or didn't care? Or did, you just talked Yeah, it. yeah. You're totally right. That like, was my mentality. Like, this of just like, means well, nothing anyways. I screwed up super bad. And I had this amazing trip I could have go, gone on. And now I'm here. And this is basically just a fail. So screw it. Yeah. I think it just freed me to, like, not care about yeah, totally. I was just like, well, I might as well go for it. And so that looking back, you know, you look back and you realize those moments, right? And that contest of Crested Butte, that accidental. But you never would have known. I never would have known. And mm -hmm. the fact that those guys were there and saw me and ended up starting my whole career with Matchstick was awesome. Off of a mistake, essentially. Totally. Mm -hmm. Something at the time I was so bummed about. Right. Ended up being one of the best things. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, then I started filming with Matchstick and it was totally intimidating and scary, but at the same time, it was like being a part of something that felt so huge and awesome and engaging and exciting and challenging to me. Like I was with Shane McConkey and Scott Gaffney and JT Holmes and Hugo Harrison that first year. That was who I was out with all the time. And I just was in awe mm-hmm. of Shane and he helped me so much. He could have been such a jerk and instead he gave me such good advice, but it was always in a Shane way. Like fun. Yeah. Like I was like, well, the snow's kind of bad. And like, I don't know what, I'm not sure the snow's really variable down there. And he's like, well, you ski variable snow all the time. Mm-hmm. Just ski it like you would if you're skiing down KT. I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Duh. Like just obvious stuff. And he'd always tell you in that big brother way of like, you're being an idiot. <laughs> but you just were like, oh, right, cool. Mm, that's awesome. Any other Shane stories that stick out to you? Oh, my gosh. There's so many. He would just always try to embarrass you. It didn't matter. Like That was his way of showing love? Totally. You'd, I would be, we'd be at a bar at night, and he'd be talking to some random dude. He'd be like, Ingrid, come over here. And you'd walk over, and he'd be like, oh, this is so-and-so. You told me earlier you wanted to cheat on your boyfriend, so uh, I thought I'd introduce you. And you're just, like, standing there, like, what? <laughs> so embarrassed. Just everything, all the time. They are always playing jokes of trying to take each other's money or ID out of their wallets before people got on a plane. Or One time I was, it was my birthday, and we were in Portillo, and Shane and Sherry were there, and they just had their baby. And it was, like, this huge table of 30 people, and they gave me a birthday gift. And I like opened it in front of everyone. And it was one of Ayla's poopy diapers. <laughs> like, they were like, just so many funny. It was never a dull moment. Oh. So anyways, so you've been competing for three years. You've got your chance to ski with them. I mean, everybody remembers that segment, right? Like, what was it like to ski that line that changed women's skiing and you probably had no idea the impact that that segment would have. Right? No, not at all. I mean, I was like, honestly wanted to ski this other line that was way gnarlier. It was my first time being in mountains that big and Hugo and everyone was like, we're going to go over here. We're going to ski that line. And Hugo's known for doing the biggest, gnarliest, fastest. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, okay, Ingrid, you, you should start over here. Like on basically just the snow, like just the wide open powder snow. And I was like, no, like I'm not doing that line. And so I moved over a little bit to where there were some cliffs and, but I had no idea what I was getting into. I was like, at least I'm going to ski, you know, hit something. (laughs) And I got up there on top and looked down. I was like, whoa, okay. The first time ever in Alaska, is that where it was? It was in Bella Coola, but basically up It looked like Alaska. Yeah. It's close enough to Alaska. It's Mm -hmm. the same size mountains and on top of it. And Hugo's next to me and he drops in on this crazy line. I see him ragdoll totally out the bottom crash. They're like, Hugo's hurt. He needs, I'm standing up there for this whole entire time by yourself, by myself. First big mountain line out of a helicopter ever. And we've been waiting in Bella Coola for like two and a half weeks in the rain. Just like, I don't know, playing basketball and stuff. So like not skiing. At all. It was the longest time I'd gone without skiing in so long. And then all of a sudden I'm standing at the top of this line. Hugo crashes. And I just had my like music, my playlist. And I'll, I still remember the song that I played and got me fired up. And then. What was it? I just dropped it. It's like some random like total electronic like dance song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't I think you're. I, I totally. It's probably like you. bass nectar, early bass nectar or something mm-hmm. from back in the day. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, yeah, dropped in and the guys were all like, 
whoa all right cool this is good like this is going to be really good and I was like what what do you guys mean like that and they're like that was awesome and like let's do more of that and Mm -hmm. they didn't like really let on they weren't like oh my god they were just like cool all right let's do this and I was like all right I think I I think I have my chance like I think I'm in this is cool Mm -hmm. do you remember that line do you feel like it was pushing your comfort zones or no I totally it was sweet because in Alaska or big mountains in BC you can either see down the whole line because it's so steep or it rolls over Mm -hmm. and if you can see down the whole line because it's so steep those lines are awesome Mm -hmm. those are the lines that I like yeah because you see where you can go yeah so you saw it you could see it was that steep that you could see down the entire line um when it rolls over that's when it's really easy for me to hesitate and just pull back in my stance a little bit and it's just harder to charge yeah the rollover is so so intimidating and if you don't know what that means like let's paint the picture of what that means I don't know really how to describe it but it's basically you're skiing over the side of a bowling ball so you can only see a little bit of what's in front of you at a time and you see like maybe 20 feet in front of you and then you see the valley floor thousands of feet below you and you're not even sure if you're in the right place exactly that could be like literally the edge of the world because it looks like the edge of the world so how would you not hesitate yeah it feels like the edge of the world and you may not have any markers to see where you're at and so if you can see down the line you can aim for your markers but if you can't see what's in front of you Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah totally I still get lost on rollovers me too but then there's some people that are just like jedis that just can like line themselves up. I still don't understand how they do it. We'll keep working on it. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So some people I've talked to maybe had like some harder challenging things in their childhood that at the time seemed like, you know, why is this happening to me? Or that seemed like a struggle, but later they became a gift. Mm -hmm. Can you think of anything like that where you had to overcome that actually made you tougher for what you do? Well, I feel really fortunate. I had an amazing upbringing. I mean, my parents are amazing. We got to go outside a ton and they really placed value on experience and togetherness over, I don't know. And now you're a mom, like spending money, fancy vacation, stuff like that. You know, we just got to go camping and do cool stuff that now I really am appreciative of. I think looking back, I sort of like almost did stuff to myself to like try to put challenges in does that make sense Mm -hmm. like I moved to squaw purposely not knowing anyone because I wanted to see if I could do it Mm -hmm. because I wanted to see if I could start over and make friends and I went to this really small college and I was like ready to just like have a fresh slate and I purposely made myself super lonely and like didn't know anyone got uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in order to overcome that and be comfortable with myself and who I was and rise to the challenge and so looking back I'm like why would I do that but now I'm like okay I really needed that at that point to get out of my comfort zone and to show yourself you could yeah totally and then you know since then obviously stuff has happened that has been the hardest stuff like that you never want to experience like my brother died and Mm -hmm. that's the worst thing I can imagine how did that change you I don't know that it changed me it just is like there's a big hole like Mm. someone that you really love is missing and you would like to be around that person but I mean I guess yeah it does change you because it changes your perception before that I guess I felt like everything in life was this upward trajectory and like things just go this direction and everything's on this upper half the sunny side of this and 
that was like a really awareness that life is not all just an upward trajectory and there's a dark parts too and that life is made up of more than just what we want and what we see yeah you've lost a lot of people yeah definitely and that's not like I don't know how it's affected me but it does make you I think humans are really resilient and there's a lot of things built into us that we don't even know that keep us surviving and carrying on and thriving and so I feel fortunate for that and also such an amazing community and for skiing because just getting back out there and doing the things you love that's really important being outside and being those places where I know that Arnie loved the most and where I feel the closest to him and you know all that it sounds woo woo but that's like it's that's how you can connect with him again yeah yeah feel that connection and it really helps you not take anything for granted and want to maximize the good stuff and cut out the crap (laughs) I guess yeah in what way because it does seem like it would put everything in perspective Mm -hmm. like what's the crap when it takes a long time it's not like that's just like an instant realization but I guess after that I really wanted to do a lot of studying and reading and questioning and asking and because you go through a whole point of like well that's what happens what's the point yeah like the existential insecurity yeah so it's like yeah it made me want to buckle down and study it up and read and help me make sense of it and realize that everything we do is a choice and to let go the blame and the judgment and just focus on your own things and what you can do to make yourself and your immediate surroundings better and that's what feels good every day you know Mm -hmm. yeah man yeah I just uh, I'm so sorry still (laughs) like he was such a light all the people you've lost I think you've been hit particularly hard. Like, well, I definitely don't feel that way. I think that each, but you've just seen both sides of like this thing that, that we put on this pedestal as pure fun and, and just sparkles all the time. Like you've seen the other side of that. And, uh, yes. And so I can see why you would be really confused, you know, like, is this fun? Is it worth pursuing? Like all these messages that we're putting out there is, should we? Right. Um, Especially now that like you have a daughter. Mm -hmm. When I see people like judging other people or talking crap or whatever, I'm just like, why that really frustrates me because there's so much that we can't control in this life. And that's the stuff you can control. And why that's the crap why yeah that's, that's the, crap. the waste like, that's of the this stuff life. That we don't, yeah well it's just like there's so much other good stuff to focus on and I guess yeah trying to focus on the good stuff mm-hmm. and promoting safety educating kids and I mean it's really hard to tell a teenager what to do and what's safe but just trying to set good precedent precedents and role models and trying to make safety cool because that making it to the next contest is mm-hmm. cool being mm-hmm. the flash in the pan the like loose cannon that maybe is fun for the one time you pull it off but it's going to be a really frustrating road for the other se- several months of the winter you know mm-hmm. being the consistent working your way up putting in the hard work is mm-hmm. honestly that's what I'd like to try to 
help people see and like try to help get out there, especially in skiing and like the safety and yeah, I think it has shifted avalanches and like all that. We stuff. had all time record low for avalanche deaths last year. So I really do think that message has gotten out there in a healthy way. Yeah, totally. And it's not like the fun thing to talk about. It's not like the fun, but people are making thing. it fun and cool. Yeah. You know, you guys in your safe as clinics and for sure. Well, I guess I, I want to ask like, how have things shifted? I'm just curious as a woman, right? Like this, transition from the most badass female getting after it to I'm going to get married and then have a kid and are my sponsors going to leave and like did you go through that I did for sure I was so nervous I didn't want to tell any of my sponsors I was sure I'd get dropped and then I was like so stressed out about it for months and then I talked to my manager at the North Face and she's like oh that's not a big deal basically it was like oh cool. Great. Congratulations. Okay. No, anyways. So this and that, I was like, Whoa, okay. That's awesome. And she was like, yeah, you have so many awesome teammates that have really proved like Kit and Hillary who have shown that that's not an issue. Plus it wouldn't be an issue anyways. Like, so that was really amazing. All my sponsors were incredible. And then, um, we had a lot of fun and a lot of cool projects because of like this new story to tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so last so, year, I know you shot like a series. Yeah, of totally. A traveling around in a minivan with my family and my parents. And that's the other your thing. Your parents too? Oh, yeah. I couldn't oh, do no a way. thing without my parents. They, that's the main. Okay, that's the reason I've been able to ski still after having a baby is my husband, first of all, and then my parents. They have been amazing. They helped watch Betty for half a day so we can get out and ski. And then they came on this road trip with us to... 23 different resorts last year and watched Betty every morning and then they'd get out and ski for an hour or two every afternoon 23 that's a lot it's a lot of travel with a brand new kid yeah totally wow she's a trooper all in a minivan totally that's awesome well um where can we see it it'll be next fall the north face will put it out on all their channels and we're gonna try to make a little movie about it too so yeah can't wait to see it okay last question what advice would you give to your younger self at a time when she really needed it I would tell my younger self to not worry so much that you're never going to have it figured out and that's okay. So stop beating yourself up for making mistakes or not having things figured out because that's part of the process and you don't have to be perfect and it's okay to just be yourself. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. Happy, sad, confused. Exactly. And you don't have to try to fit a certain mold or be a certain way. I feel like that's something that's born into us as kids and we're so good at being ourselves. And then at a certain point it's like, Oh, I'm supposed to be this other way Mm -hmm. and you lose it. And then it takes a long time to find that back. So I guess I could just get a hold of myself at that point and be like, it's okay to just continue to be yourself. Okay. Sorry. One last one. And for all the the people that probably send you emails anyways, how do you be a pro skier? (laughs) (laughs) What do you tell them? Oh my gosh, just ski as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if that's what you love, just ski as much as possible and the rest will honestly fill in. Someone will see you. You'll start taking photos with someone or you'll get noticed. You'll do contests. Just keep skiing as much as possible and follow whatever you love to do the most within that and it'll happen. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Bye. (laughs) Lindsay here. I've known Ingrid for a long time, but I have to say this conversation taught me so much more about her. She's such an inspiration, and I hope this conversation was an inspiration for you too, to show up for something you believe in for your own life. Until then, see you in the mountains, unicorns.